70, it's probably about 1974. Um, Jane, you were a Smith. Where's Jane? If you remember this. Sally, I don't know. I know, I know. You might have known it too. But I, didn't, I wasn't there, and so I don't know. But a group from Sandy Springs and some from this church had a plan to go downtown Atlanta and to pretend to have a kidnapping on the streets of Atlanta. They had a pretend gun, and they had somebody walking down the sidewalk that was in on it, and a car or a van would come up, and they would jump out with a gun and grab the person and throw them in the van and speed off. Did, do you hear, did you hear anything about that, Jane? Do you remember anything? She wouldn't tell us if she didn't, but that was the story that I heard as a kid. And so they went somewhere downtown, maybe on Peachtree, and the person was walking where they were supposed to walk, and the van came up, and they jumped out with a gun, and the two people grabbed it, and were moving towards the van. And they did not plan for this contingency. An undercover policeman was on the sidewalk nearby. And he pulled out a real gun. And the two people that were carrying the alleged victim dropped the victim, broke the victim's arm. They all put their hands up saying, it's a joke, it's a joke, we're just kidding. Well, this was the early 70s, and so you could get away with a little bit more then than you can now. And so the policeman took them downtown and slapped them on the wrist and let them go. And they thought it would have been a great gag. It might have been a great gag, except the you know, police getting involved. That kind of messed up their plans. But not everything is as it seems, is it? You ever seen something and thought, what did I just see? Let's pray for that. Father, we ask that you would bless us as we hear your word. Thank you for your word that changes us inspires us, challenges us. Father, do that today as you inspire writers to write, inspire hearers to hear. Thank you that each one is here to hear it. It's uh, your divine plan. We're here in answer to your call. And thanks for all those that are obedient. Be with us while we look at your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Begin in Matthew chapter 15, beginning verse 21. Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Why? My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But Jesus answered not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away. She's crying after us. She's bothering. Send her away. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. From the surface, this story is a little weird, isn't it? We know she was a Canaanite. And we know that at the time the Jewish people hated the Canaanite people. For a little background, Deuteronomy sets it straight about it. Deuteronomy chapter 7, 
When the Lord your God brings you, he's telling this to the children of Israel, when the Lord your God brings you to the land which you go to possess, and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them. Nor shall you make marriages with them. You shall not give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughter for your son. For they'll turn your gods away from following me. They will turn your sons away from following me, to serve other gods. So the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly. But thus you shall deal with them. You shall destroy their altars, break down their sacred pillars, cut down their wood images, burn their carved images with fire. In the nutshell, there are a bunch of heathens stay away from. That's their view. A little further in Deuteronomy chapter 20, we read it again. But of the cities of these people which the Lord your God gives you as an inheritance, you shall let nothing that breathes remain alive. You shall utterly destroy them, the Hittite, Amorite, Canaanite, Perizzite, Hivite, and Jebusite, just as the Lord your God has commanded you, lest they teach you to do according to their abominations, which they've done for their gods, and use it against the Lord your God. So stay away. So that's the background of this woman and why stay away. So the Canaanite people in Old Testament times were a wicked, God-hating people. But, as you know, the children of Israel didn't do what they were commanded to do, and Israel became corrupted. God's warning was true. So with this woman, a Canaanite, is Jesus here teaching that she's now undeserving? That we should follow that Old Testament warning and just stay away from it? And if she should be overlooked in this story, if it's okay for her to be overlooked, what about me and what about you? Is it okay for us to be overlooked? The woman's crying out, Have mercy on me, O Lord. Son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. The original language implies she just kept yelling this. Kept yelling this. And as a parent, I can't blame her. If you've ever had a sick child... You'll do anything you can to help and she needs help for her baby. I bet she tried everything. Maybe she began with the Canaanite god Baal or Shira or Moloch or one of their many false gods. Maybe she went to the local doctor and whatever the case, she found no hope and her child wasn't getting any better. Until one day, someone perhaps traveling through told her about this Jesus. And how he had touched the lepers, how he had raised the dead. She now has hope, so she begins her quest to find Jesus. And now in the story, she finds him, and this is what happens. At long last, she's face to face with Jesus, and what does he do? Look at the first part of verse 23. He ignores her, he answered not a word. We don't like to be ignored, do we? Why is Jesus doing this? Whatever his reasons, the disciples have had enough of this woman. And in the second part of verse 23, his disciples came in urgent saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. Send her away, Jesus. She's a bomb. A Canaanite and a woman. Strike one and strike two, as far as they were concerned. And what Jesus says next seems really cruel. 
Verse 24. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I'm sure the, the disciples gave an amen to this one. They had other priorities and they didn't have time for this woman who was not of the house of Israel. As you know, the Jewish people were chosen people. But we get confused. We think they were chosen to be special. They were chosen to go and tell to the rest of the world. It seems strange what Jesus is saying to the rest of the world here. It seems that Jesus is saying to this woman, she's not worthy, she's not good enough, her lineage isn't right, God isn't interested in her, she's not like us. Well, that seems what the disciples would say. Now, this is one persistent woman. You've got to give her that. I mean, people have left churches over less than this. I was ignored, and I'm not going back. But look what she does now. Verse 25. She came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Picture in your mind, she's on her face now. She's flat at his feet on her face. Pleading. This is the last straw. He's her only hope. Lord, help me. And again, I admire her persistence. You'd think that after Jesus ignored her and told her that she didn't belong, he'd now help this poor woman and her child. But it just keeps getting weirder and weirder and weirder. Now Jesus says something to the woman that makes me think this is an episode of Candid Camera. To me, it seems like one big prank. Verse 26. After she's on her face, begging, Lord, help me, he answered and said, It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. That's what he said. It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now that's unbelievable, isn't it? Did Jesus just call her what I think he did? Didn't strike the words. But before we try to make sense out of it, look at the rest of the story. Verses 27 and 28. She said, Yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered and said to her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be as to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So after the ignoring and the disqualification and the name-calling, Jesus gave the Canaanite woman what she wanted. But why was it done in such a bizarre fashion? There are a lot of layers to this onion. First of all, I think Jesus did this to teach the disciples behind him a lesson that they would never forget. I wonder before Jesus said to the woman, I, I was sent not I was not sent except to the lost sheep of Israel. I wonder if before he said it, so they could hear it, he winked and smiled at her. I wonder if before he called her a little dog, he whispered to her, watch these guys behind you. The disciples needed to learn that the gospel was for everyone. And remember, they didn't think so. Not for her. Jesus later said he came for the sick, not for the well. 
But the disciples, they still had prejudices that were not acceptable to Jesus. And I think that definitely Jesus did this for the disciples. I also think Jesus did this for the woman. He wanted to let this lowly woman know that she had great work. When he called her a dog, it's important to know there were two words for dogs at the time. One used for the mongrel and one used for the pet. And he used the nice one, the one for the pet. Was it, is it implied that the little pet had a new master? The woman just wanted anything that the master saw fit to give her. And her faith was great. And her new master rewarded her. She was so persistent. I bet she was even more persistent after that miracle with her prayers and changing her corner of the world. But really, I think this story is once for me and for you. Are there people that we would look down upon? Are there people that we would ignore? Are there some that we believe should be disqualified? Do we have that kind of prejudice? And that's what I get from this. I truly need to know that when Jesus said, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life in John 3.16. When Jesus said whoever, it means whoever. I need to remember that. So I do not ignore. So I do not disqualify. So I do not name call. So I don't push away. Jeannie and I have had more of a multicultural experience in Atlanta than we had in Indiana. That's an understatement. And we have seen all sorts and types and shapes and sizes. And we've been amazed at the diversity around. And we've had so many conversations about why can't everybody just love each other? And that's why I love coming here. Because we're all so different. And we're all at the foot of the cross. Little dogs, everyone else. Needing Jesus. We're not on candid camera, but God is always watching. Be good to those little dogs everywhere. Because they're in the same boat you